This is Eric Johnson, the brand. And Aaron Thigpen, the source. Welcome to our podcast this week. Aaron, what's happening, man? Oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go <laughs> We've been yeah. at this for a while, and today's subject is something that's really uh, near and dear to our hearts. It's really hit and run. Hitting flaws with the kids and running flaws with the kids. And it's something that we see on a regular basis right now, at least for me, five to seven days a week that we were trying to train hitters. And I see after they hit the ball, they have trouble running. And this runs right into your subject being a world-class sprinter, understanding what uh, it takes to, to really run correctly. And break this down for you guys today and keep it simple, but we're gonna talk about the common flaws of hitting, and the common flaws of running. Because they are there are. I know a lot of athletes like to think of themselves as individuals with their own individual problems and issues, and, and that is the case. But there are also some commonalities. And doing this for over 25 years, me and EJ have been able to identify those sorts of things. There's some things that everybody seems to get wrong for whatever reason. <laughs> and and that's really what we want to tackle today. So we'll 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 talk about some common hitting errors or hitting flaws and some common running flaws and and these will pretty much apply to the greater population out there especially some of you you newbies and beginners so to begin let's start on the hitting side you know i'm gonna just talk about some things i see on a regular basis one i think there's there's hitting mechanic flaws and then there's a timing issue they're two separate things that that can hurt hitters. So let me talk about the timing thing because I think that can lead to some poor mechanics. Timing has everything to do with the pitcher being in motion to throw and also the hitter being in motion to hit. So when the pitcher starts moving, the hitter must move too to be in time with the ball when it's being thrown. So if the pitcher starts back, whether in a stretch or in the windup, then the hitter needs to gather into a position where they're gonna get loaded so when the ball's thrown, they can step and hit it. That's what Joe Morgan taught me. When the ball's thrown, you step and hit it. But you have to see it first and identify that. So timing, critical in the first part of hitting. That usually will lead to hitting the ball in the sweet spot or having better swing mechanics when they're hitting. And Aaron, I know a lot of times when we're here at uh, game speed at the facility and I ask you to come back and look at this player, we talk a lot about the mechanics part, but you also think that, hey, man, he's off a little bit with his timing, EJ, and that's not allowing his body parts to function correctly. Right. Yeah, I, I see that a lot in the good. I'm not a hitting coach, and I definitely want to put myself out there to be one. But you can see that there does take a degree of, of synchronizing the upper and lower body. And especially when you're talking about uh, ground force hitting and, and what we talk about with the hit dynamics and force generating from the ground up through the body and that kinetic using that kinetic chain properly. And if there isn't the proper sequencing or coordination, then you're not gonna realize the speed and power that you need to be successful once you make contact with the ball. That's a great point. So I love that. So timing, that's the first flaw. 
Second thing is just really picking up the ball, seeing the ball or release point. So a lot of hitters just say, oh, I see the ball when it gets halfway there, or, or I just, I just you know, not, not just see the ball. I think it's really important that there is a focus on release point. And also, when the pitcher starts to wind up or they're in a stretch position, what are they really looking at? You know, and I always like to say soft focus at the bill of the hat or the crown of the hat. And then when the pitcher starts the motion and you start to move, then you need to focus in on the release point of the ball. Now that's different for every pitcher. So when that ball is thrown, where is the pitcher releasing? Is he high over top? Is he three quarter? Is he a little bit two thirds or sidearm? Picking up the ball there is allowing you to get the best first look at the pitch. Okay, so timing and seeing the ball are the first two laws I talk about. Now, when you talk about your first look at the pitch, what specifically are they looking at? Are they just looking at the location of where the release point is? Or are they trying to pick up the rotation on the ball? What kind of uh, clarify that for me? So the first thing is that they're looking at the release point where they're releasing from the ball. That's the first initial look because that allows you to see the spin of the ball. Okay. So a lot of players, if they don't do that, then they pick up the spin late. They don't know if it's a curveball or a fastball. Mm -hmm. So our first initial look at ball release when the pitcher releases a ball, if I'm looking there, there first then I can pick up the spin of the ball to tell if it's a fastball, changeup, or a curveball, and I can see how fast the revolutions of the ball is turning over to determine that that's a fastball. Or if it's a slider, is it a dot on the ball? Right. And all stuff like that. So I think those things are important um, in terms of seeing the ball and getting the best look to identify a pitch. Now, this I'm not sure if this is a stupid question or not, but maybe, you know, because when I played, it was just, see the ball, hit the ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can pick up a curve, you know, but every, all the rest of that, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. Exactly. But um, so is there any rule of thumb based on the release point that an athlete might start to deduce where the location of the ball might be in general sense. So again, you talked about right. release over the top, right. uh, two thirds, three quarters. Is that going to tell you any idea of maybe the location of the pitch based on, you know, again, maybe right. it's something that's gonna be chest high, maybe something that's gonna be belt high, you know, or no correlation. Right, no, there is a correlation, Aaron, because I think before batters get in the batter's box, when they're on the bench, watching or observing the guy warm up in the bullpen area before the game or watching batters before they get in the batter's box, that's determined right there. Mm -hmm. If you're the first batter of the game, you really have to get good looks in the on-deck circle, looking mm -hmm. at, okay, what's this guy, first of all, how's he releasing the ball? How's the ball finishing? How's mm -hmm. the catcher catching the ball? Right. That's determining factor of, is this guy throwing a lot of high fastballs? So I know that the ball's in the upper mm -hmm. part of the zone. I always like to think of it this way, Aaron. The ball comes in a cone to you, a cylinder. Mm -hmm. And if you can imagine that that cylinder is about a foot to a foot and a half wide, and it comes in this cylinder to you at a certain trajectory, 
then you can determine basically is this guy throwing inside outside that's why it's so important when you're in the on-deck circle, if you're the first batter, or you're on the bench watching the game and you haven't hit yet, determining that factor is a tip mm -hmm. in determining how you're gonna pick up the baseball. And those right there, that is so critical and so important in hitting that hitters overlook that. And that leads to swinging mechanical flaws. If you don't see the ball, you said it, this is a yeah. great question, see ball, hit ball. Right. That is critical and an important thing that is overlooked in teaching hitting. No one talks about it. They don't, they don't spend enough time on it. People don't spend enough time letting hitters see the ball without swinging, but they're watching it. Mm -hmm. That's part of, you know, something we talked in our Hit Dynamics program, which people will be getting soon in our package mm -hmm. online. We talk about these things, about vision and seeing, and that itself is a teaching right. plan yeah. or method in helping hitters develop. Yeah. I mean, just my own personal experience, when I went to start to play again, that was the first thing I did. I went over to the Coliseum batting cages. <laughs> right. they, had a, they had a 90 mile an hour batting cage and I dropped my coins in. I wouldn't even have a bat and I just watched the ball. Right. I, just, I mean, I there'd be you know, whatever it is you got for your 50 cents. I just watched 30 balls go by me. Right. And, and work on picking it up and understanding what was going on with the trajectory of the ball. Um, I don't know. It was just my way of acclimating to that type of speed and that type of timing versus getting there with in my in there with my bat and trying to take swings right. and I'm not really processing the information. So um, it's good to hear I at least had the right instinct. <laughs> your, instinct your instinct's right. You know, that's part of our hit dynamic program too, Aaron, is getting the machine up and, 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 and different pitches or set it up for different pitches. Slider, changeup, fastball, yeah. high fastball, low fastball. Um, moderate speed, above average speed, really fast speed to see the ball. Right. Like you said, see ball, hit ball. Right. So the first things we, two things we talk about really have to do with timing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. those two things are, are really critical. If we talk about swing mechanical flaws, another subject mm -hmm. here, we start talking about what you mentioned earlier, ground force influence, sequencing of the body, those things I see, I see players' feet mm -hmm. not in the ground stable, or I like to say their footwork is not correct. Mm -hmm. There is proper footwork that a player needs to have in order to hit. We see that being a major flaw. They don't have the white rate distribution in foot, and they don't stay in the ground long enough after the swing to get the maximum velocity of their swing speed and ball velocity when they hit it. So being stable in the ground is an issue in, in hitting. That's a mechanical flaw. Hmm. Okay. If we're going up our chain, we talk about, we talk about the rotation of the body or the turning of the body and being connected. We see a lot of players disconnected. Their first move is forward. Mm -hmm. Your first move needs to be back. That gives you time to see the ball, get your body in the correct positioning. Then you step. Now I'm in good shape and then we swing. If those sequencing patterns are off, then the hitter's mechanics get off. That means when they go to swing with 
the correct use of the body using the ground force and using their hips and using their arms as levers and their hands as levers and completing their swing, all that sequencing's off. And when your sequencing is off, then you're in trouble. You're not gonna strike the ball or your bat will not be in the hitting area long enough to hit the ball with any type of velocity. And we know velocity is the key of getting hits and it leads to a lot of good things. Hits, power production, run production, the ability to beat infielders and outfielders in the field on the way you sequence your body to hit the ball squarely. Okay, so I think that's that's another idea in in, in in mechanics. The other thing is that that kids forget that the sequencing pattern of your body, starting with the lower body and working all the way up, they're using their arms and hands too much. Mm -hmm. Arms and hands are critical and very important, but that's not all. Those are smaller, smaller levers levers. They need to use those big muscles, whether it's their thighs, their core, to assist the hands and the arms. And we see that being a problem. They can't get the proper extension through the ball because they're not using their levers because the lower body chain and the core is not working properly. So um, those are some swing mechanical flaws that we see and in swinging the bat that are some basic things that can be corrected very easily with the proper instruction and the understanding of how the body is moving and that's why i think you and i work so well together is we understand about this kinematic process of the body sequencing properly in order to hit the ball with some sort of velocity and some sort of swing speed hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So that leads us into our next subject, Aaron, really about, you know, you hit the ball, you hit it really hard, but guess what? You got to get out of the batter's box and you got to <laughs> run or you're on the bases and you're trying to score. You know, what are some running flaws, Aaron, that we see with these these young athletes? Um, and I'll really break it down to the basics. Um, and, and I teach this way with any athlete in any sport. Um, you know, running is a very natural movement or it should be natural right uh, and it's very athletic and I, I really boil it down to three things posture foot strike and coordination those three things will affect how fast you run regardless of what it looks like so there's guys who run fast ugly there's guys who you know run fast uh, you know and look like you know world-class sprinters Right. But without those three things being executed the right way, you're not going to run fast. And it's really important in baseball because you're really talking about acceleration, where you don't have a lot of time right. to get up to speed. So those things have to be uh, executed in the proper way. Now, first thing, let's take posture. Okay. Um, posture is just the alignment of your head to your shoulders to your hips maybe to your knees to your ankles so okay. if you're to draw what i call a power line what does that power line look like does it look like a plane maybe taking off you know at a maybe a 45 degree angle or a 30 degree angle or is it somebody does it look like an l you know where you're bent over at the waist right or does it look like a backward c where you're curved your shoulders are curved back and your hips are out front Posture really dictates 
the velocity of the body. And if you don't have the correct posture, you're gonna be moving forward, but you're not gonna be moving forward efficiently, effectively, with a lot of force and a lot of speed. So what I tell athletes to do is use the same posture that you use to walk to run with. It's a very neutral posture. Wow. You know, right. no one no one walks with their head craned out. No right. one walks with their chin tucked in their into their chest. No one walks with their chin up in the air. Okay. All that affects the direction and the posture of the body. Right. So if you keep your head level and neutral, the rest of the body's gonna be level and neutral. And even though it's not necessarily gonna be of the lean that people in, imagine right. and envision, you're still gonna be in a position where your body is naturally gonna move forward. So you're not fighting yourself. Well, okay. that's that's interesting because I, I remember Michael Johnson running and he, mm -hmm. everybody says, God, he's so upright. Yeah. And then you watch Usain Bolt run. Yeah. And slow, but really, they're running in their natural formation of their body, right? Right, exactly. Oh, that's interesting. Exactly. That's a good, that's a, that's a good so, point. So posture is the first thing I try and correct. Okay. Because, and again, it's something a lot of athletes are unaware of. And there's also a lot of bad cues that they've been given over the years from coaches. And the biggest one is stay low. And I don't use that terminology because when you tell an athlete to stay low, if they're if they're at a standing start, what's the first thing they're going to do? Bend over. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. It makes sense. It makes sense. You know, so what I try and teach the athletes in the terminology I use is I say move forward. Mm. Move forward. If you're moving forward, your body's going to find that natural accelerated position, that natural power line. Gotcha. So the the pictures that you paint for athletes when you're teaching them are very important and the terminology you use are very important. Now, again, when you're talking about staying low, that's what most coaches say. And they say that because what they do is they see pictures of guys and it looks like they're low, but some other things have happened before they got there. Right. And I, I just think it confuses the athlete. I just say, I want everything moving forward because basically that's what you want. You want to get from point A to point B. Right. So feel wow. everything about your body moving forward, your forehead, your shoulders, your hips, your knees, your feet. That will automatically correct you into the proper posture. Wow. Second thing would be foot strike. Okay. Foot strike is important because where you place your foot dictates whether you're kind of braking, right. propelling, or kind of spinning behind yourself. I call it kind of like Roadrunner, you know, okay, right, you know, right, running in place almost, even though none of those things happen on a, on a more minute level, they are. So, for instance, let's take braking. Okay, braking is when you land in front of your center of gravity. Okay. okay, and usually you'll land heel first because there's no way you can land out in front of yourself on the ball of your foot, right? Okay, so if your foot lands in front of your center of gravity, what has to happen before you can actually run again? You have to wait for your body to shift over your foot to then propel itself. Well, that's a lot of wasted time. Exactly. And by the time it does that, your leg is in a straight position, not a bent knee position, so you really can't add any propulsion to that. But if you land on the ball of your foot, okay. underneath your hip, what happens to the body? You're automatically in a position to keep propelling it. 
Uh, that makes sense though, because if you're in a bad strike position, exactly. then you're making up time to try to get back into to the, the strike position. Right. Exactly. But if you're just to stand up and plant your foot right underneath your hip on the ball of the foot and push that foot into the ground, what direction is your body going to go? Forward. 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 And that's basically what you're doing over and over again when you're running. So foot strike is very important. You have to land underneath the center of gravity and you have to land on the ball of the foot. Okay, because one of the problems that I see very common with athletes is they land on their heels. They run heel toe. Right. Okay. Well, you can't land on your heel underneath your center of gravity. Wow. And move. You, you, Even if you're just standing in place. When you just no stop you and go up. Turn? Exactly. Oh. Okay. Exactly. And that's what see? athletes who are running they because their gait is not correct. Right. They. Don't, uh, what's wrong with that yeah. guy's running? And, and, yeah. and so what do they have to do to try and get into a position to propel themselves? They over lean forward. Oh, <laughs> so they can go forward. Exactly. And then all of a sudden that, that whole process is just off. Exactly. exactly. And it repeats itself. And that's what athletes need to understand is your mechanics have to be repeatable. Because when they are and they're correct, the body will really run by itself. The body knows how to run. You just got to put it in position to run. And wow. so... Foot strike is a, is a big common flaw that I see on where they place it in relation to the center of gravity and the part of the foot that they land on, uh, the ball of the foot, not the heel. I always tell athletes, basically, the back part of your heel should look brand new. If you're training with me and you have a new pair of shoes, there shouldn't be a scuff mark on that heel because everything that we're going to do in terms of acceleration, speed, production of force all happens from the, the ball of the foot, the forefront of the foot. So a question I have for you, when when you get these athletes in there, do you ever look at their shoes when they walk in because their posture and stuff like that, do you ever do that? or Sometimes do you... I do that, but I, you can usually tell from the way they run immediately. It, it, it's gonna be apparent. Yeah, because you know? you're, yeah. you see it obviously yeah. every day, so it's exactly. like really easy for you. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good tip, I love yeah, that. It, it's, it's pretty much, it, it's, it's, it's a black or white sort of thing. Okay, gotcha. You can't kind of sort of, I mean there's some athletes who will run who will run flat-footed, but again, you can kind of see between forefoot, middle foot, okay. and heel, gotcha. heel strike. Those are all gonna be the same. Um, and, and you can't really do most of those landing underneath the center of gravity. So that also gives you a cue. Okay. The other thing is arm swing. And I mentioned early coordination. And the reason why I mentioned arm swing now is because that actually ties into everything. Okay. The arm swing sets the rhythm and coordination for your body. And if you have improper arm swing, you're gonna have improper gait, it affects your posture, it affects your ability to accelerate, everything. So if you, you're basically what I tell athletes is you run with your arms because they're the modulator for all these other things that are gonna go on. Okay. And if you have incorrect arms, you, all these other things are gonna be off because they're gonna manifest themselves in what you do in your stride length, your power production, your rhythm, all sorts of things. I have pro athletes that come to me, NFL guys, you know, say I gotta run the 40 in the combine in, you know, two weeks. They always give them, they never give themselves enough time. Right. Gotcha. And, and so the one thing that I always say that we're gonna work on is the arm swing. If you can correct your arm swing, it will make the most instantaneous change in how you run. Wow. Instantaneous. I'm not saying over a period of time. Right. I'm saying I can take an athlete and if he's got poor arm mechanics, I can switch those arm mechanics and you can see an instant change in their speed. So when I have an athlete and we're pressed for time, 
that's probably the first thing I'm going to focus on because that will make a direct change. And basically what happens is the, the feet follow the arms. If your arms are going choppy side to side, you're going to have a choppy stride. You're going to have a zigzag gait. Okay. If your arms are short and choppy, what do you think are going to happen with the feet? They're going to be, your stride's going to be short and choppy. If they're long and loping or you're, you're circling them, you know, I call it choo-choo training. Right. Well, that's going to have an effect because the arms and legs have to be synced up together. And if they're not, if you have one arm that comes up high and one arm comes up low, well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have one long stride oh. and one short stride. Okay. So you have to have that coordination, you have to have that symmetry, you have to have that repeatability of the proper mechanics for the body to get into a flow. Because in baseball, when you're talking about speed and running, you're really talking about accelerating. You're accelerating from home to first. You're accelerating on a steal. You're accelerating defensively to the ball. If you don't have that coordination and you don't have that symmetry, there goes your ability to accelerate. Wow. I mean, that's a big thing in baseball. You don't you don't have the ability to accelerate or when the ball's coming in and you need to get you need to get to the base faster than the ball, you don't have that extra gear because you're running and you start reaching and you yeah. start Well, acceleration pattern is off. You're yeah. speeding up and slowing down. You have one long stride, you have one short stride. Right. You have your arms going side to side. So now you're zigzagging the first base. Gotcha. Do you see? So all of those things can be corrected by how you use your your upper body and being disciplined with that first. So those wow. three things, and usually if you work your arms correctly and strike in the left in the right place with your foot, posture takes care of itself. You know, Aaron, I was I was looking at this uh, Major League Baseball Network highlight last night. And I saw Trey Turner go inside the park home run. And as he was running around the bases, it looked like he was accelerating yes. through all the way home. And when he hit the ground, that was his break. Yeah. You know, because, you know, obviously hit the ground, it's going to stop you mm -hmm. a little bit. But he was just low flying, as yeah. I would say. And he was accelerating, and it didn't look like he was putting any effort, effort into right. it. And I was like going, that guy really knows how to run correctly. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just like I, I, I try and use the analogy when I have guys coming in here and running and I and I say, have you ever hit a home run? And most of them have it by some, at some point. And I say, did you grit your teeth, squeeze the bat as hard as you can and just swing as hard as you could? And they say, no. So what happened when you when you hit your home run? It was like a stroke, a knife slicing through butter. Right. It's the same thing with speed. Same thing with speed. It's the relaxation that allows everything to become coordinated and work together. And you didn't necessarily have to think about your swing. It just happened. The body took over. Hmm. And so it's the same thing with running. Is once you start to put, you got to know what to put in place. But once right. you start to put those things in place, it'll run on its own. And it'll run on its own whether you're tired whether you're on grass, whether you're on dirt, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It will, the body will do what it's supposed to do. It's all in there with everybody. But sometimes because we've been brought up with incorrect cues or we have incorrect in, uh, perceptions on what our running should look like right. or we try too hard, all of those things now take you out of finding that sweet spot. Well, well spoken, and that that kind of wraps up yeah. what we're gonna talk about when you said sweet spot. Yeah. You know, whether it's hitting or it's running, 
there has to be a sweet spot. So this and, wraps up, Aaron, some things that we talked about with our, our hit and run sequence. I love that. And so. And I wanted to just real quick yeah. say, I know a lot of you might have come into this podcast saying, hey, you know, what are, what, they're giving us flaws, but they're not giving us corrections. And, and the reason for that is every athlete is individual. And there's just no way on a podcast, guys, that we can say, hey, this is the one specific fix. We can tell you what these problems are. We can tell you how they're related uh, to some of the issues you might be having and some general fixes. But really, you, you need to seek a professional to help you identify these things and put them in the right context for you because being an athlete is individual. And it's not going to look the same with everybody. And I don't take a cookie cutter approach. EJ doesn't take a cookie cutter approach. But we at least want to give you some general information so that you can at least help your athlete understand what should be happening, but maybe finding a professional that can take that interpretation to the next level and make those corrections, not only make them, but make them stick. Well spoken, Aaron, that's great. Till we see you next time, this is EJ, Coach Eric Johnson the brand and coach Aaron Thigpen the source we'll see you